Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 81 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 133 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, and we are one week out from NXT Heat Wave going down live next Tuesday on USA, and we got a full card lined up and ready to go and I'm gonna go into last night's show in a very abridged way because it has some company dropped by last night at the crib and they walked in right when NXT went on the air so I was hella distracted for like the first 40 minutes of this show so I barely paid attention to Nikita Lyons and Kiana James from what I recall Nikita Lyons went for a charge and she completely missed that was not pretty but eventually she doesn't land that spin kick and the jumping split on Kiana James for the win and after the match is over Kiana hits her with this big ass purse to get her heat back from what I saw the match was fine as Kiana worked over the left leg of Nikita Lions. Kiana James reminds me of every glow and wow character from the 80s to early 2000s. The OG glow and wow. It's not a bad thing because she's committed to the character, but at the same time, it's 2022. And I don't think antiquated characters like this is going to fly in terms of longevity, but she makes it work. And Nikita still got some work to do. She has potential, but still not quite ready for prime time, despite her having the presence on screen and the eventual talent to get over. But reps reps and more reps would be our key moving forward next up is a rounds match involving trick williams and wesley and from what i saw they were boxing for a bit and the gloves went away and at one point trick was leading this series until wesley scored the last two pinfalls despite getting hit with a loaded glove at one point but lee bounces back and he clobbers williams with seconds to go to score the win and win the rounds match outright it was fine for what it was based on what i saw but the follow through was carmelo hayes calling out his next challenger for the North American Championship and Giovanni Vinci comes out there to swerve Nathan Fraser and it's set for next week Hayes versus Vinci which should be very good we had an athletic scrap between both men as they try to jockey for position before officials broke things up so that should be a very strong match for NXT Heatwave next Tuesday night next up is Ariana Grace versus Dia Helen her entering debut on NXT 2.0 and from what I saw she has potential she's got the mechanics down still very green in areas when for an ambitious moonsault that did not clear completely but you see the vision you see she's got something in terms of personality and talent and she'll get there with more reps and more experience and ariana gray still very green but i will give her this she's got a great wasteland slam finisher that popped way paired on commentary she got the win on thea hell after she faked an eye injury to score the win in a very tainted way this was basically an nxt level up match on 2.0 and it wasn't that bad but of course more seasoning is needed for both the ladies to stand out in a big way in the very near future. Next up is Apollo Crews versus Roderick Strong from Diamond Mine. And this was by far the best match from last night's show. Two season vets going out there doing what they do best. Russell, they grapple, they countered throughout. At one point, Apollo Crews launches off a series of suplex to Roddy Strong, only for Roddy to respond with a sidewalk slam on the apron, leading to a near fall. And he eventually locks in the stronghold, the Boston Crab. Crews powers out and he catches Strong with a power slam. And then 
Cruz goes for a military press, but Strong counters his attempt as well. Cruz delivers a great gut buster and they continue the battle. Strong goes to the air for the jumping knee strike, but Cruz catches him in midair and slams him with a choke slam for the win. I thought this was a really strong match. Two guys that know how to put in that work. And we got more Diamond Mind drama because we had Julius, Brutus, and Damon Kemp watching some footage backstage of the eight-man tag a couple of weeks ago on 2.0. And Julius spotted something he didn't like. And he was about to call out Roddy on it. But Roddy calls him out for not being there for him at ringside during his match. And Julius, as I keep saying, is going to be the guy to step up to Roddy and say, no, 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 no. We're over this leadership bullshit, Roddy. We know who you are. You're trying to sabotage us because you think we've surpassed you in every way, which we have, by the way. And Roddy destroys the laptop before we get to see the footage as to what Roddy was doing during that eight-man tag to match a few weeks ago on 2.0. I fully expect an alpha versus alpha match involving Julius Creed and Roderick Strong very soon on 2.0 or a PLE on Peacock very, very soon. This could be a career-defining performance for Julius as a future single star. He cuts great promos backstage and on Twitter, so he's feeling himself. He's gaining confidence more and more, and he is going to be a star in due time, even though I adore the Creed's as a tag team. I hope it stays that way for a while, but you can really see Julius' potential as a top-tier single star, and Roddy be the perfect guy to get him there via a 20-minute match, preferably on a PLE in the very near future. Next up is the final accord between Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo. And they had a meeting of the minds in that if we want this to end, we got to end it via a street fight next Tuesday at Heat Wave. And if Santos Escobar wins, he will be free from Tony D alongside the rest of Legado de Fantasma. If Santos loses, he is gone from NXT forever. So high stakes. I can read this one of two ways. Either Santos is getting the call up to the main roster or Legado is going to be free of Tony D and they get to stay on NXT together long term and I would love for Legato to be called up as a crew on Smackdown perfectly where we need the star power a bit more on Friday nights Santos will be a great single star but I love a good faction I think of Imperium I think about the Hurt Business I think about the Bloodline the New Day and everybody was healthy and together like these are factions that can really amplify these shows that can give us great tag team feuds and singles feuds with Roman Reigns as a champ to give him fresh opponents to go up against but they're like faction afraid at the moment and I don't know why one dominant crew and there's no one else it kind of sucks and maybe Judgment Day be elevated in due time as well but factions make everything better. I miss OG Imperium. They would be great against the Bloodline. Legato would give the Bloodline something fresh to do. It would give Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wow new tag teams to work with on the main roster. Think about Angel, Garza, and Alberto Corrillo. Think of all the ideas you could do to amplify tag team wrestling and get Santos over as a top-tier single star against Roman, against Gunther, against Drew McIntyre, against Karrion Cross. The options are endless if they just go there and take a risk. Maybe it'll happen down the road via the draft whenever they decide to do one, but don't waste the best years of Santos and Legato in NXT. They had a great run for two years now, and I wished that Cruzatero and Joaquin Wild won tag team gold there, but it did not happen. It's not too late for it to happen on the main roster. So let's move this crew to the big time and let Tony D run the territory known as NXT 2.0 as he rapidly improves in the ring by the week. Next up is Pretty Deadly versus Idris Anofe and 
Malik Blade. And this match is fine for what it was as a no fan Blade had moments to shine against Pretty Deadly. But this comes down to the NXT UK champions, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen coming out alongside Fallon Henley as they stop Pretty Deadly from using a steel chair to cheat during this match. But a distraction is going to lead to a no and Josh Briggs having a meeting of the steel chair as they both knock themselves loopy, which allows Pretty Deadly to spilt milk on Idris Anofe for the win after the match is over. Lash Legend boots the hell out of Fallon Henley and hooks up with Pretty Deadly. And I can see a six-person tag team match involving Lash Legend and Pretty Deadly versus the NXT UK tag team champs, Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and Fallon Henley in the weeks to come. And before we get to our main event, Cameron Grimes is still going through a midlife career crisis. And Joe Gacy confronts him once again saying, we're here to help you alongside Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed, formerly known as Grizzle Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson. And Cameron says, listen, I'm going home. And then Joe Gacy delivers quite possibly his coldest line to date. And he says, to who or to whom? And Cameron looks at him and walks out the door very sadly. Now, I don't want Cameron to join this goddamn schism, but I'll have him face Joe Gacy to exercise those demons imminently because I don't want that for Cameron. But knowing NXT, expect the unexpected as we make our way to our main event of the evening involving Zoe Stark versus Cora Jade. And I got to say, this was pretty good. Cora Jade is improving and Zori Stark is very good in the ring. I think she is the perfect hybrid of a high flyer that will absolutely whoop your ass with great striking ability. And she will turn you inside out with suplexes. She suplexed the hell out of Cora Jade. A German suplex and an exploder turned Cora Jade inside out. She got booted with a super kick as well at one point. Cora Jade does respond with the sliced bread for a new fall. She goes to the kendo stick but the referee catches her and that is going to play into the finish of Roxanne Perez grabbing that stick from Cora Jade and that distraction leads to another super kick by Zoe Stark and a modified GTS which wipes out Cora Jade for the win. This might be one of my favorite finishers in all of WWE. That GTS is gnarly. And after the match is over, we got Roxanne Perez chasing down Cora Jade, which set Kendo Stick backstage. And Mandy Rose tries to attack Zoe Stark from behind, but Zoe catches her and she wipes her out with a super kick and a modified GTS. And Mandy Rose ate every bit of that knee strike. She sold her ass off. Might have been one of her finest sell jobs to date. And Zori Stark stood tall with the NXT Women's Championship in hand. And I gotta say, I like the visual. Zori Stark is a badass. I always felt that way about her as a performer. And I don't know if it's gonna be a title change next week. A part of me thinks perhaps it's time for the switch. I don't see any other viable options outside of Roxanne Perez. And I don't know how long you wanna wait for that up until Mandy's one year anniversary during Halloween Havoc in a couple of months. It's a possibility, but at some point, we got to get this belt off of Mandy and get her back to the main roster so we can see where she can be as a star on a bigger stage with more people to work with on a regular basis. But I thought this was a nice way to add some heat to this NXT Women's Championship match next Tuesday involving Stark versus Mandy Rose and Heat Wave is the order of the day because we are in the dog days of summer, baby. Overall, I thought this was a decent episode of NXT. Gotta say a rough first 40 minutes or so. Back end of the show is pretty good with 
with Roderick Strong and Apollo Crews setting the tone and a pretty good main event between Zori Stark and Cora Jade, which gives Zori Stark some key momentum heading into her championship match against Mandy Rose next Tuesday at Heat Wave. And the lineup is pretty stacked. Bond Breaker versus JD McDonough for the NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes versus Giovanni Vinci for the NXT North American Championship. Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez in a grudge match. And rounding out the lineup is... Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo in a street fight. If Santos loses, he'll leave NXT forever. If he wins, he's free from the Tony D organization alongside the rest of Legado de Fantasma. So a very good lineup for next Tuesday's heatwave edition of NXT 2.0 as we approach the one-year anniversary of the reboot next month. It's been a rocky road. It's been rough and tumble, but we made it. And I'm happy that people stepped up when it was incredibly difficult to do so on live television every Tuesday, working your first match in front of a live audience. And we've seen the growth from so many people, from Tony D'Angelo to Tiffany Stratton to Lash Legend to Cora Jade to Toxic Attraction coming into their own. Wendy Chu being rebooted from Tian Shaw. Solo Sequoia, for example. Grayson Waller went through several personalities to get to where he is right now. We think about Valentina Feroz and Ulysses Leon. There's so many people that have gotten the spotlight on 2.0 and they have actually gotten better and there is still room to grow. And Braun Breaker is the unicorn of all unicorns in this scenario. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams coming into their own as a top tier act as well. And the newcomers, Nathan Fraser, Star, On The Rise, Apollo Crews, New Leash On Life, Creed Brothers, NXT Tag Team Champs. I love them and they're going to be stars very soon. I just love the potential of people that love this, that want to get better and perfect the craft on the road and on TV because the main roster is calling, but you got to get ready by doing what you got to do. And that is putting in that work behind the scenes and on TV every Tuesday night. And as a viewer, it was rough for a while, but you know, it's very gratifying as a fan to see people come into their own and figure it out. And Tiffany Stratton is my prime example of somebody that shook me up. And I think she realized, hey, I can be more than being a daddy's girl. I'm a gymnast. I'm an athlete. I'm somebody that can give you a well-rounded character and not be a caricature of a legally blonde or a clueless from the early 2000s. And she has morphed into somebody that I really like and see a very bright future for in WWE. And that's the beauty of 2.0. You get to go on this journey to see where people are going to be in three to four years. And remember how they got started. And I am a very harsh critic. I'm fair with my criticism, but I'm always so happy and giddy when I see people improve and they figure it out. And I can only imagine how the stars feel when they realize, oh shit, I'm getting the hang of this. And I know what it takes to be a star to reach that next level. And with a crazy old man out of the way, you now get opportunities to showcase that in a bigger way, preferably on the main roster in the years to come. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 81 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestletopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do to the Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Radio TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, 
Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 76 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.